0: service is, um, you know, do you remember in the book of Matthew chapter 29, um, when Jesus gathered with his disciples once more and they went into the garden and he said, okay, everybody close your eyes real quick. And then he went around and he hit a bunch of eggs. Do you remember that from chapter 29 in Matthew? And then he came back and he was like, okay, everybody go find them. Um, you know, it's, it's a little known verse, uh, buried in the chapter that doesn't exist, but it's going to happen. Um, Right after the service for all of the little people and the little people at heart, uh, there there will be Easter eggs over there. So there you go, right there. Just because you're an Aggie doesn't mean you can't go find them. That was so much more unintentionally funny than I thought it was going to be. Yes! I love when that happens. Um, So, (laughs) oh, that's great. Uh, There you go. So, uh, it's over there. Um, And then, finally, uh, this is the the last day that you have to sign up for the Seder. Um, And this coming Friday, Good Friday, we are hosting the Seder dinner here in the CLC from um, 530 5.30 uh, is when it will start. And you may ask yourself, self, why Seder? Uh, Great question, and I will go more into it on Friday night. Uh, But uh, one of the reasons why is in the Old Testament, God said every year at this time, do this forever. And then nowhere did he come back and say until now. He said, do it forever. Um, And so it is a command by God to celebrate the Passover. To celebrate the time when God passed over um, the Israelites and then led them to freedom. And then to take it a step further as we who believe in Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua. When, When he was celebrating Passover as God told him to do with his disciples. And he came to the third cup, the cup of redemption. He stopped and he said, take this drink. This is my blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins, the new covenant. It was that meal, the Seder meal that we will celebrate Friday night that was where communion comes from. So if you're a believer in Jesus, it is tied deeply to who you are because it was tied deeply to who he was. Um, and so we would love for you to come. Today's your last day to sign up uh, at the white table in the back. No, the white one. Sorry, airplane reference. No, nobody. Um, <laughs> no one watches Airplane. You people need to watch good movies. Um, in the back uh, over there, you can sign up. And we have we had 18 tables At the beginning of last service, and now we have 20 tables of people. So the last service was like, oh yeah, we're in. Uh, So let's challenge, see who steps it. Okay, so we are in, we are on a a Sunday of a liturgy. we finished one series. We're in the middle of this kind of a big liturgical season uh, in the church. I don't know if you know this, uh, but the kids coming through, hitting each other, should have given it away that today is Palm Sunday. Today is the day that we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem when he comes in to begin this whole series of events that leads to his death and resurrection. It's the day when, as he comes in through, um, through the gates and through the town, that these people start laying palm branches before him and sh- start shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna! Which, of course, in Hebrew translates into English as somewhere around Viva Fiesta. It's something... Something similar to that. Um, no, <laughs> it does not. Oh, yeah, Fiesta's happening too. So, Hosanna was a military cry, right? It was a military cry. The palm branches were signs of like this military thing. This is not a peaceful call when Jesus comes in because these people want him to come in and to destroy all who are oppressing them. They want the Messiah to be this just like gigantic, you know, and start throwing swords around, Russell Crowe type stuff. But if you were here for the two and a half years that we marinated in the book of Matthew, you know that that's not who Jesus was. And as he comes in, there's this beautiful moment when in one of the in one of the Gospels, it says that he's just like he's just almost weeping because they don't get it. They just don't get it yet. Um, And today, a lot of days, um, a lot of times we'll talk about that and delve into that. and, And what we miss and what has been missed in the church calendar a lot of times is Friday, because most of us don't come back to church on Friday of Holy Week. We go to Palm Sunday, and then we hit Easter, and and then we go do our Easter thing, but we miss that pretty important and pivotal day in the history of mankind, Friday. And so today we're going to zero in on Friday. Today we're going to talk about that. Um, In 1989, I was living in California. I was in high school. Uh, We lived in in the Bay Area of California on uh, on the east side of San Francisco. And it was uh, a year that was very exciting for those of us who lived in the Bay Area. If you remember, in October, we had a pretty big event that was going on around there, and it was the Oakland A's against the San Francisco Giants. It was the it was the uh, the Bay Area um, World Series. It was I can't remember what they called it now. The what? Subway series? No, that's when it's the Mets and the Yankees, Ronnie. It was something, but maybe it was the BART series. I don't know, the Bay Area series. It doesn't matter to the story. Let's just say that the World Series was going on. And I'd come home after school. My brother and sister are in Texas. I'm the lo- only one left at home. My dad's at work. My mom and I are there. I, I walk upstairs to uh, my parents' bedroom, that little sitting area. And I lay down on the floor, and I turn the television on, and, and I'm watching Bob Costas um, talk on and on and on about the baseball team, just pregame stuff. And I'm getting really bored of Bob, um, as we all do every time there's a big sporting event. Uh, you love him for a moment, and then you're like, oh, get pink eye. And, oh, wait sorry. It happened. Uh, prophetic words. Um, and then, and I, so I was switching between that and one of the greatest shows of all time, The Brady Bunch. Um, and I'm just switching back and forth between The Brady Bunch and the World Series pre-game coverage. Um, when it, I believe, in full disclosure, I was watching more of The Brady Bunch than I was uh, Bob Costas. It was during, um, you know, some episode when, you know, Marsha was going crazy. And then all of a sudden, um, all hell broke loose. And my house started just shaking uncontrollably, um, and I, I freaked out because that's what you do when that happens. And I jumped up, and I can hear my mom screaming from downstairs, yelling my name. And I come out, I bust out of their their room, and there's this like this kind of half spiral staircase going down, and I make it to the stairs, and I'm there in a matter of seconds. I mean, I, like I. I was much skinnier and in shape then. Um, And so I was down and I'm halfway down the stairs and there's this big landing there um, that is good for really just sitting on, I guess, or putting some piece of artwork. And so we had this vase on there that was like this tall or something. Um, And this vase is very um, important in our family. It was my grandparents. Um, Some they were antique collectors. And so it's, it's really old. Um, and when they had it in their house, any time one of the three kids would walk by, we had to put our hands in our pockets and walk by this blasted vase. We all hated that vase, you know. So I'm coming down the stairs and I, I have this brief moment of, because it's doing this, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, no one will know. <laughs> Beep, you know. I didn't do it um, because my head was just not that clear. Um, I'm hoping to get it in the will. We're all fighting for it in the will so that we can then destroy it. um, It's kind of what my brother and sister and I are doing. So I make it downstairs to the bottom of the stairs. At the bottom of the stairs is a grandfather clock, and it's going like this. It's it's weird, okay? I don't know if you've ever been in an earthquake. I don't know if you've ever been in an earthquake of that magnitude, Uh, 7.0. By the way, when you start an earthquake with the number 7, look out. Um, I'd been through a lot of fives, but those are fun. It's like, woo, the roll, it kind of rolls afterwards. And it's like, yeah, but sevens, no. And, and I get down to the bottom of the stairs and I bumble my way to where my mom is. And we immediately go outside, even though you're supposed to stand in the doorway. If you're ever caught in in a hurricane, in an earthquake, what's it called? Uh, stand in the doorway. Uh, and so we go outside and then it just, as suddenly as it started, stops and it's just silent it is so weird because you have this because it makes noise and it's just this rumble and your house looks like jello and it's moving in ways that it should not move and going different directions and things are splitting apart we had cracks in our walls and things are falling out of cabinets and you hear these shatterings of things and all of a sudden it's just nothing let me tell you something that gets your attention. Like, that makes you go, "What?" I immediately think of our dog, Cleo. She's a basset hound. At this time in her life, she's both blind and deaf, um, and she was a, a wonderful, wonderful dog. But I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Cleo!" And I run around the corner, and I see her doghouse, and there she's just laying like this. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" She goes, "You know, gets up. Hey, what's going on, guys? Is everything okay?" She so the basset hounds are known for their smell. And she just, like, follows us. Through, and, and I'm like, you're supposed to warn us of these things. Like, dogs are supposed to know before it happens and start barking. But you sleep through the whole thing. But it was just this uh, amazing experience that, um, if you remember the footage uh, of what happened, um, once electricity came back on finally and, uh, and we were able to turn, turn on the television and see what was going on, there was this, there was this thing called the cypress structure which is pretty close to our house, a little little way up towards Oakland. Um, And it was a double-decker highway, and it collapsed. And there were so many people on it. The Bay Bridge um, that crosses, shockingly enough, the Bay, um, huge section, collapses. There's gigantic fires going on in San Francisco. It is utter destruction. When I think about that time, when when I think about that moment... I just get chills. It was something that really got my attention. My dad, when he got home, we we started making these plans and we started changing some things about our house. One of the things that he did was he tied stuff to walls. He set little anchors into walls and tied that stinking vase so that it would never go anywhere and the grandfather clock, and, and, and we made these different precautions to to get ready in case that ever happened again. Because when you live in California, you know it's going to happen. You just don't know when. So you prepare. You get ready. For us, for the Crockers, who had moved to California, Northern Cal- or the, the Bay Area of California, from Ruston, Louisiana. Yeah, Talking about a culture shift there. Um, it was like, hey, y'all, you know... Uh, Um, it was something that while we had been through small quakes before this was one of those things that people who lived there and knew know it was something that was this magnificent event, magnificently horrible event that got our attention in Matthew chapter 27 verse 51 it says this at that moment the moment that we're speaking of here is right after Jesus cries out and gives up his last breath. So at so that moment a curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. Rocks split apart and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead after Jesus resurrection. They left the cemetery went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened, and they said, This man truly was the Son of God. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In this scripture, now I was thinking about it uh, earlier when, when I went through Matthew and we came to this scripture I guarantee you, I didn't go back and listen, and I know none of you remember either, but I guarantee you what I focused on was the, was the curtain in the temple. Because that's just a beautiful image of this. When Jesus dies, the separation between us and God is gone. Last week we talked about these thin places, the Celtic tradition of thin places. What happens here is God goes, it's not just a thin place. I'm here. No longer are you separated from me. No longer am I separated from you. It's God invading us. And that's wonderful and beautiful, and it's a great message. But I want to talk about dead people, because cool, right? We, we were talking about it, and, and you know, we were, we've been calling this um, amongst the pastors a zombie Sunday. Um, you know, it's zombie Sunday. And we even had these ideas of Daryl and I wanted to do one of those Jimmy Fallon esque songs where he does with uh, elementary school instruments, um, in the green room. If you know, Jimmy Fallon and the roots and what they do, we wanted to do one of those to ghostbusters. Um, cause why not? Right. Who are you going to call ghostbusters? Everybody knows the song and it, but we didn't. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is they weren't zombies. Because God raised them to life. But an interesting distinction, and this translation says it a little differently than some of the others. And Dr. Darrell corrected me in between services. Um, excuse me, Michael, but I believe. What it says is when the earth shakes and the rocks are split open and the tombs are opened, the, the people who are dead become alive. The people who are asleep wake up. It says then after Jesus' resurrection, they come out. So here's this picture of all of these people, these godly men and women who are sitting in the tomb, their own tombs, for three days. Going, huh. Wonder what gonna so I had this vision of laughing. Anybody old enough? I'm not old enough to remember laughing, but I know it. Laughing and like people are popping their heads out going, hey, John the Baptist, what are you doing over there? You know, um, what do you do when you're alive? But still in the tomb. But and then they get out after the resurrection and they walk around to people. What? It's amazing. Now, at the moment this this happens, they don't know that Jesus is going to rise again. At the moment that the temple shroud is torn, at the moment that the earth is starting to shake and rocks are split open, this earthquake is just going nuts, what a Jew would have known would have been um, the book of Nahum, chapter 1, a prophecy that says when the day of the Lord comes, the mountains are going to crumble. They would have known Daniel chapter 12, that the dead will rise up. They would have known uh, Zechariah 14, that a great earthquake will accompany the day of the Lord. They would have known the story of Ezekiel and the dry bones getting life. They would have known a book that most of us do not know, Second Baruch chapter 50, where it says that all of these things are going to happen so that they might know. Who are the first people to know and get it? The Gentiles, right? The Roman officer and the other soldiers. Gentiles. Immediately, they're like, oh my gosh. It got their attention. Think of the disciples. The disciples had been with him for three years. And not just the twelve, but all of these people who had followed Jesus from here and there and heard the stories and knew the teaching and understood kind of a little bit about who Jesus was. Do you think that when that moment happened... That they were blown away. I mean, I mean think about it. It's, he gives up his life. He is dead. And the earth doesn't like it. The earth begins to shake and split apart and tombs open and things are happening that you have no idea what's going on. And it all comes back to this man at this moment. What is it? What is it about that moment? See, I think what's happening here is God's getting our attention. Because it says that the dead don't come from the tomb until after the resurrection of Jesus. That's the moment where it all just really comes to fruition. The moment when Jesus goes, death, no more. I'm alive now. But it was on this day that God said, Hey, pay attention. This is about to get real. I don't know how many times in my life that I've needed to be in an earthquake. I gotta tell you, when we live there, um, you don't want to be in an earthquake. They're not good. But you live and you forget about them and you get complacent and they don't ha- you can't live as if you were going to expect it at any moment because then you're not living. So you get into this numbness of it's just gone and then all of a sudden Wah! and you remember the power of the earth in which you live. So often in my relationship with God, I fall into this life of complacency. And I know that he's there and I know that there's power and I know that he died and rose again and I accepted him a long time ago. And I move my life forward and try to be more like him. But sometimes I I forget that power. And I just live. And I go through the motions. And I show up here on Sunday because, well, quite honestly, a lot of times it's because I get paid to. On days when it's really pretty, I'd rather be fishing. And if I'm here on those days and I'm like coming up and I'm like, oh man, another service. There are some days like 930 and no offense to you, 11 o'clock people, but I'm like, in fact, I I might have said it today, but I was joking. Um, uh, In between services, I'm like, hey, let's just give the 11 o'clock class a walk. You're full prophetic. Ah, well, you go ahead. You're good. Because I'm worn out from the nine thirty. There's these times that I just fall into. But then, man, then God just goes, "Hey, do you ever find yourself in that relationship with God where you've forgotten the power? Where you know it's there, but you just live your life in such a complacent, complacent way that you forget." We know the rest of the story. We have the vision of of the text. We know that what's going to happen in three days from this time is that Jesus is going to rise from the dead. That he's going to do these things. He's going to tell us, this is your job now to go and to teach people about me. And then he's going to go into heaven. We know all of these things. They didn't. So when God does this for them, this is this gigantic moment of saying, hey, pay attention to this. This is huge. Because something amazing is about to happen. Pay attention to this. This week, pay attention to this. Let the earth move under your feet. Feel that just force of God, that power of God so great and mighty that when he died, the earth couldn't take it. And understand that something amazing is about to happen. This week, consider yourselves in shock and awe of a momentous event and get ready. Get ready. Because he's coming. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, now we stand in awe of your creation.